OTBGAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on, the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTBGAA. As we like to say on this show, uh, according to Wikipedia, if they win this weekend, Ballyhale Shamrocks will have won half of the Kilkenny senior hurling titles this century. That's 11 for you out there if you can't count. Uh, I'm delighted to say Paul Murphy is with us to help preview uh, a game which I think is going to slowly capture the imagination, but certainly over the next 24 hours or so, people are going to start tuning into. Paul, that's a level of dominance from Ballyhale that we very rarely see. 50% success rate in county championships over two decades. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And I think, Jerry, you know, this team, particularly over the last five or six years, when you saw the likes of Michael Finley and, and Henry Shefflin, these lads kind of stepping aside, and maybe even a few more experienced players getting older, there was maybe talk five, six years ago that, you know, around now, this team won't be as dominant. So, you know, their achievement to be going for five in a row in Kilkenny um, and the continued success and the likes of Adrian Mullen, known Cody and these players coming through. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's a remarkable achievement just from a, a really remarkable club who are only in existence for 50 years. What do you put it down to? Like, I mean, obviously the quality of players that they've had um, and the, the backbone of the, the Fenleys at club level and, and Henry and the Shefflins wider, like that was a sensational group to be able to draw on. But what is it about? Like, is it a style of play? Is it a physicality? Is it something that they have that kind of separates them when it comes down to it? Is it just a winning mentality? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I would say the most important things they have going for them, though, is, you know, the the, the community they have down there. And, you know, there has to be a belief. It's, it's one thing being a big physical player. It's one thing having a few players that are very skillful and all these things. But, you know, their mentality is just they never believe they're ever beaten in a game. You know, if a team are lucky enough to go ahead against um, Ballyhale, they don't ever believe they're beaten. But they also, you know, have a great trait of a team of, of successful teams where when they go ahead, you know, they just turned the screw. Um, now, unfortunately, in the Club All-Ireland last year, they didn't get over the line. And it was one of the rare examples where, where we see this with Ballyhale. But they just have a great mentality. But like I said, the community down there, they have a great spirit in the community. And kind of, I suppose, touching on what things like Brian would say of spirit. But, you know, if you go down to Ballyhale Shamrocks, they don't have incredible facilities. They have very good facilities. They have, you know, dressing rooms and two pitches. But it's not a case of that, you know, they have this incredible setup that, and there's players just coming off a conveyor belt. It has to come from the community that the players down there are just immersed in hurling, that they have players coming through. And, you know, very much to like what people say around Kilkenny, you see players going around or young fellas going around with hurls in their hand. Go down to Ballyhale and that's nearly twofold. Um, they just they just love it down there and they love winning and they love the journey of of the whole thing, be it a county final or a club All-Ireland. Yeah, it's funny, like the, the team in the noughties was obviously different from the team in the like last five years. They did four in a row. This current team has done four in a row as well. Mm. And um, is there is there like if, if I was to put two videotapes of the two teams side by side, would they look the same? Is there something that you could say that's a Ballyhale way of playing? No, I wouldn't say so, to be honest. Um, the big thing about it, and you could even say it for Limerick as well at the moment, is just they can mix it up. They don't really care what way you play. There is a few things with Ballyhale. I mean, if you look at them, any, any person who goes to, let's say, we'll talk about the current Ballyhale team, you know, they'll work the ball out short and they'll have options coming forward. And you see the likes of, you know, they've owned Cody and Adrian Mullen, these ads, coming out from the half forward line and TJ, coming looking for the ball. And if they come looking for it and they're tightly marked, well, the ball just goes in over the head and you have the anchor inside at full forward, Colin Fenley, who will 
get that ball, take on his man, usually draw a foul because the man knows if he gets through, Colin will bat the ball into the net and score a goal. And if not, he has runners off the shoulder. He has Adrian, he has his own Cody, he has great forwards off the shoulder. So they just have so many options that if, if you think that you're going to go out and mark TJ Reid and that's going to stop them, it's not. You know, if you think you're going to, if you keep the half forward line quiet enough, you know, Adrian, Owen uh, and TJ, it's still not enough because they have players flooding through from midfield, from half back. And then they have the depth inside in the full forward line. So they just, they can they can mix it up whatever way you want to mix it. And then, you know, very basically, they have great physicality. You know, if you think you're going to muscle them, you can't. They're so physically strong. So it's the ability to play whatever way you want to play. And if, if you're a team going playing against them, you can't just go, right, well, if we do this, we'll get around them. It's not as simple as that. It's a county forward line playing in club hurling as well, when you name it off there. And I'd say, I'm sure Colin Fellies really let himself go, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you know. I was, I was in. I've, I've been at a good few of their matches now, and uh, the talking crowd is just seeing how physically strong Colin looks. I mean, you know, playing myself and Colin are the same age, but like you know, he still seems to be improving in terms of strength. And, and you know, I suppose he realizes now as well that you know he is such a focal point for them in the full forward line that if they knock in that traditional long ball and if he catches it. There's not a full back, you know, in the country that can, ma- well, maybe can match him physically, but they're not going to dominate him. Um, but he's in great shape and he just does this job so well for them. And there's very few forwards in the country, even at inter-county level, that you can say does the Colin Fenley job. It's nearly a, it's nearly something at this stage, a job description that you can say Colin Fenley has nearly defined this position in the way he plays it. So I don't know if it's mind games or not, but Jackie Terry was out this week saying that uh, Derek Lynn could do worse than trying to coax Colin Fenley back in. Is that, you know, you, you talk your, your direct opponent up, you get in their head before the big game. Is Jackie going out there and doing a job on behalf of James Stevens? I don't think so. Um, if we're talking about traits with Bally Hale, uh, the one thing I would say for them is they don't let the feet come off the ground. You know, they enjoy what they do. They don't seem to get, you know, this ego thing of listening to what everyone is saying. I mean, if they did, they would have lost a long time ago. Um, you know, Jackie might just actually really make a point there. He might be making an, a, an attempt, I suppose, to distract from the occasion and do James Stevens a favour. But, you know, I don't think if Colin Fenley hears that, that it puts him off his game on Sunday. That's not the way Ballahill has approached it. Um, and there's so many, I suppose, if you want to call them distractions around the game, I don't think something like that will distract from Colin Finley or make him do his job any less than he normally does it. So it may be a attempt by Jackie or it may be just, you know, something that Jackie has seen that in, in fairness, he might actually be thinking that, you know, Derek Link could call him in because he's not, you're not going to expect Colin Finley to run 10 kilometres in a game you want a man to hold up the ball. So it may be just a very valid point and there mightn't be any malice in it by Jackie by saying that. Is there, like I was going to ask, you know, is there a possibility that actually what happens now is that some players who left might be considered, that there is a genuine clean slate, even though Derek Ling was part of that setup, that actually, you know, if, if he's going to be his own man, and I've no doubt that he will be, that something like that might be something that he is genuinely considering. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, when, the change, when the changeover came, you know, one of the first things I was thinking was the likes of, you know, Ger Elward, who's hurling for Ballahale. I think Ger is only maybe 29, just gone 30. You know, Ger is hurling really well, and he's a man who's in savage physical condition as well. And he's certainly a player. You know, if Derek Ling picked up the phone, like that, that he could go and tug out for Kilkenny this year and do a job in corner forward, absolutely. And maybe, you know, at the time, it was just something that Ger said, you know, this isn't for me at the moment, I'm going to move on. And maybe now he has changed. The likes of Liam Blanchfield as well. You know, there's, there's several players there who have heard for Kilkenny over the years who have, who have stepped away and potentially now may look at, okay, well, this may be a new setup that 
I may serve a function in and I, as long as I have the hurling and I have the fitness, potentially, yeah, that may happen. And, you know, I do think Derek may pick up the phone to a few players that uh, maybe fell out of favour or maybe just, you know, didn't, didn't, I suppose, make a big impression. Well, not to say didn't make a big impression, but maybe towards the end of their career, um, just weren't getting on teams and have improved the hurling since they went back to the club, which does happen. So it, it is a very strong possibility that Derek will be looking at all options. And this is now a good opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, and um, no better uh, shop window than a county final like this, particularly up against the James Stevens side, who have their own incredible story this year. Like the team that you've listed off, right? Very few club teams in the country uh, can live with them, as we've seen. You know, they're like a, an all-time great team, and it took a last-second incredible wonder goal last year to stop them being the reigning All-Ireland champions. The fact that they've come back so quickly to be right back at it the next year, that speaks to the character of, of everybody involved. On the opposite sideline, Brian Cody. Like, in the middle of the season, Brian Cody has, has joined the management team. I, I don't know what kind of a role he's in. Like, is he just giving team talks? Is he, is he like, assistant manager? What, what's his, does he have an official title? Is he minister without portfolio? What's going on here? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is there an exact title for it? Um, I think he's. I suppose if 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 being a presence on the sideline is is a title that that could be best defined what his job is. Um, yeah. Look, James Stevens earlier in the year. Um, look, they were in relegation, uh, relegation semi final once the, the the league was over. So you know they were struggling to find a bit, a bit of form. They were in a very tough group and they played teams who were who were moving really well. Um, in, in in the league and maybe look just James Stevens weren't hitting the form they would have liked to be hitting um, and then look I suppose once the inter-county now that we have the split season inter-county is over and you know Brian who's always you know obviously been invested in the club maybe saw that there was a role for him or maybe the management just saw you know if we bring a fresh voice in and you know who better than Brian to bring in in terms of motivation and maybe clearing up a few of the things for, for players you know like players might have been lacking a little bit of confidence players might have been you know struggling that way and Brian is a great motivator that way so it certainly wouldn't harm anybody's a backroom staff bringing him in but it seems to have steadied the ship you know going from a, a relegation semi-final um, you know, beating Bennis Bridge then in the quarterfinal and then beating Dixborough, who only bet them a few weeks ago in the league. Um, you know, they, they have turned it around and they've built up a bit of momentum. If someone if someone asked you eight weeks ago, will James Stevens be in the county final? You would have, I bet, man, you would have had to say no, he, they wouldn't. But I would certainly say that Brian would have had an influence in that and in that he maybe just steadied the ship a small bit. They have the players, certainly. They just maybe needed to, to I suppose, steer the ship in... in, in um, in a different direction for a small bit just to get the confidence back up but whatever has happened it seemed to work and Brian seems to be a big part of it he's not standing back on the line he's involved and he's right. shouting into players you know so he is involved yeah because yeah. you, you know you can't really invite Brian Cody in and have him sitting quietly in the background or like you, you sit on the bench there and it's like uh, you know once you're in you're in yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And I think Brian respects the would have respected the role that he wasn't going in and going to be manager. And I don't think he needed that. He doesn't need the title of manager. Um, but I think, if, you know, Brian would have looked at this and said, if it's in the best interest of James Stevens that I step in, that I'm going to be a benefit, not a distraction. Well, then absolutely I'll do it. And it seems to have worked. And again, look, you know, Brian at this stage, Brian doesn't need to be, Brian, not to say he doesn't serve under anybody, but sometimes, you know, with managers trying to, 
join teams or you know go go in with someone as a coach there can be this thing of who's in charge and so on but Brian doesn't need that Brian would be very much there to I suppose drive this team on give any bit of insight he can to the management team as well which he's now part of and really I suppose there's like you said a struggle to find exactly the defined role but maybe there's no defined role here maybe it's motivation and see what I can bring to this setup that will improve the setup Who are the leaders of this James Stevens team that people will be familiar with? So obviously Keane Kenny, um, you know, has had a great year for Kilkenny at, um, this year. You know, was really impressive in the All-Ireland uh, semi-final against Clare, got 1-2. Uh, he's hurling that centre-back for them. So obviously he was up around forwards, even midfield for a lot of the year. Um, and look, you know, a real a player who will always get on the ball. Um, not probably an out-and-out defender that traditionally we would think because we've seen him play more midfield and, and, and forwards. But he's he's getting on a lot of ball for the half back line. Niall Brazel as well would also be um was in with Kenny for for a good few years, still is involved. Um he's hurling really well for them at centre forward. You know, he's 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 on uh, the freeze and he's um he's getting a lot of scores from play and you know makes a real nuisance of himself for defenses. So Niall is hurling really well. And of course, and Connor Brown sure is is probably really the main man. Um in terms of what Connor brings to huge energy, gets on a lot of ball and is really a man, I suppose, that you could give him a lot of jobs. You know, you, I wouldn't be surprised on Sunday to see, okay, Keen Kenny is centre back, but Connor Brown's going to take up TJ Reid because he has the legs and he's just going to try and cut TJ out of the game potentially. Or they may see a job for him with, with Adrian Mullen because, you know, Adrian has been covering huge ground. So, you know, they have... James Stevens have lots of players there that um, are, are really good players and have been tested at the highest level. So, you know, the likes of that, your Keen Kenny, Niall Brazel, um, and Conor Brown would be, you know, your most noteworthy players within the group. Ballyhead beat um, Tullerone. It was only four points in the end. Was that a, a close game or like did the scoreboard flatter Tullerone? What, what kind of a semi final was that? Yeah, no, Tullerone gave him a good game in fairness. Um, at the start of this championship, I kind of looked and I said, Tullerone are probably the team best described with a bit of divilment in them to go at Ballyhale. Like, you know, they some teams when they play Ballyhale can nearly get shell-shocked early on and not perform. And we've seen that with a few teams this year, but Tullerone wouldn't be a team like that. If anything, Tullerone would rise to the occasion. And they hurt really well. It didn't flatter them at all. And um, to be honest, I think Tullerone would have felt they could have taken a few more of their chances and been more within touching distance of Ballyhale. Ballyhale just played it really well. They absorbed um, what Tullerone were throwing at them and then just hit them for scores. You know, Tullerone had to work a lot harder for their scores, which, you know, I think any player for Tullerone would tell you that, that, you know, that's not me, I suppose, making an observation. You, you have to work a lot harder generally than Ballyhale do to get their scores. Um, Ballyhale just had too many threats all over the pitch. And it's just... If any person was around Kilkenny or is around Kilkenny over the weekend, go and watch Ballyhale, particularly for the likes of um, what I saw in the semi-final against Tullerone, Adrian Mullen, and Cody. What they're doing at club level is just really incredible. It's, it's a joy to watch their movement, the skill that they're doing. and They're nearly untouchable when, when they're in that form. And those two lads in particular um, against Tullerone were really the difference for me because... They just got on so much ball and when they got on the ball it was very hard to dispossess them and they were pulling so many strings but look Tullerone gave them a great game um, I think a lot of people would have been I suppose tipping not tipping Tullerone but maybe the neutrals would have supported Tullerone because they're the underdog you know Tommy and all the Welsh is there they have a great spirit in the club um, and if there was a team to topple them I think a lot of people would have looked at Tullerone but no, the, the score, the scoreboard didn't flatter Tullerone at all they gave it a good crack it's just Ballyhill were just too strong for them on the day I presume Ballyhill are quite strong favourites for this game yeah yeah like I mean it's not it's no offence to James Stevens, but 
look, any team going for five in a row and not showing signs of slowing down, you'd have to say, you know, are the favourites. Um, again, James Stevens run to the final, coming from the relegation semi-final. Again, you know, it wasn't flawless, where if you look at Ballyhale's, Ballyhale's run into the final, they were just dominating teams. Um, you know, beat be Clara really well. Um, bet Tullerone, which were Tullerone were the league champions, uh, won the league, scoring 28 points from playing the final. I mean, just incredible stuff. Um, and and romped home in the final against Bennis Bridge in the league final. You know, Ballyhale just go out and turn them over um, because it's championship and this yeah. is what Ballyhale do. Yeah. So there's, I think, anybody who says that James Stevens are favourites, and that's no offence to James Stevens. And I think they're happy enough going in as not being tipped because they can have a good crack at Ballyhale. But it's just hard to see where it's going to come from for Ballyhale. But, uh, you know, hopefully a great match and hopefully James Stevens go after and I've no doubt they will what does Derek Ling what, what has he learned from this year's club championship are there any other players apart from the, the kind of older crew who might come back in is there anybody who's slightly out of a little bit off Broadway maybe who hasn't been heralded who's put their hands up over the course of the championship that he might be thinking okay I'm going to get you in over the next couple of months winter well and we'll see how you go in the springtime yeah I think um, look there's been so many games and, and, and certainly lots of players have uh have been have been putting the hand up. Um, I think what Derek, a, a great benefit Derek already has, I suppose, is from the under twenties having won the All Ireland with them. Now gets to go back and have a look at them. You know, not not even a year on, but six months on, and see how they ha- have they led their club. Um, have they you know performed really well? Have they maybe taken a step back? Which is no panic, but he'll be looking for that. He'll also be looking for you know this this is like we said earlier, uh, very much a clean slate for Kilkenny and you know for players out there who maybe felt they didn't get a look in with the Kilkenny panel over the last few years. I'm talking about players in the club who thought that I might have got a call at the start of the year. From what I understand, Derek is casting the net um, wide. Um, I've seen him at every match himself and his backroom team at every match in Nolan Park. And they've been, they've been uh, I suppose, splitting up and going to different games and we've seen them around. So they are casting the net far and wide. Um, you know, there's not many players, I suppose, outside of the uh, outside of the names that we would expect from the under twenty, and even players who've been in around the panel over the last few years that have really, you know, been outstanding. But there certainly has been players who put their hand up, and Derek will look at them and go, you know, this fella could do a job, and we bring him in and see yeah. how he reacts to, you know, training with Kilkenny early on, Walsh Cup, um, even a bit of a league. So there certainly are lads there who 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 are putting a hand up. Um, but there, to say there's been any players that have been absolutely outstanding that this fella now is going to come from absolutely nowhere into any team, there hasn't been any of that. But like okay. those players will be few and far between anyway. Uh, this Tullerone team, I think, kind of shot to national prominence. Obviously, when they won their intermediate All Ireland, it's it's a maybe it's a very clear sign of just how strong hurling at club level is when you can have an intermediate team come go and make their burst for glory and then uh, be within four points of the team who's like one of the best teams of all time uh, in the semi-final am I right in, in saying that it does feel like the club scene at the moment is as good as it's been in a long time in Kilkenny or am I reading too much into that no it certainly is um, it, it, one thing that we would have said over the years and it's it's very unusual that you don't hear a complaint about club hurling and the structures of club hurling in the county. Um, but I don't think many people around Kilkenny will be complaining with the structures. Um, you know, we only have senior, intermediate, and, and junior, and then obviously you have your your junior leagues, then the junior A, B, Cs. But you know, obviously with other counties, they have lots more clubs, and they have to facilitate those by having intermediate A or Premier Intermediate, and then you have and, and different things. And the I suppose the the waters can kind of get murky there in terms of understanding, well, what does that mean for the calibre of team you have? Um, what we what we have seen over the last, you know, really over the last 20 years in Kilkenny is the teams that have come up from junior 
have performed really well at intermediate that they're not out of their depth um, and they're competing at really hard. And likewise, teams have stepped up from intermediate and Tullerone being a good example. You know, Tullerone have won the league in senior, which, okay, they've won the county final, but that's a savage achievement for a team that were intermediate a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but likewise, we saw Liz Downing, who came up two years ago, really good team, performed really well last year, were relegated this year. And they're, they're a really good team. So I think, you know, any team coming up from intermediate is hoping to avoid Liz Downey next year. So any team that's going down out of senior, for example, is a really good team. There's no teams there that you're saying, you know, they, they, they got away with it. You don't get away one year and Kilkenny hurt them bad at club level, which is great. Um, that's the kind of competition you want. So it is really healthy and you see the competitions. I, I, I would say that any team intermediate on their day is capable of beating, you know, six of the teams or seven of the teams who, who are who are senior on another day because it's and that's the kind of I think the fine line that a lot of counties in hurling or football are looking for you want that competition to be really close and I think that's what we, we kind of have and still have so it's great at the moment Kenny yeah well fingers crossed we get a, a good game um, in the final there's one last thing I think we should mention um, Paul Shefflin obviously passed away earlier in the year and like it's very difficult to know from a close perspective how much you talk about that in the build up to big matches like this because you don't want to put unfair pressure on a team or, or on players we have a piece later on this evening with John O'Keefe and, and Jimmy Marr who were teammates of Dylan Quirks and were playing in the game in which he passed away uh, earlier this year and, and they said one of the things that they didn't want to do was to keep talking about trying to win it for him because it, it just wasn't fair and now I'm sure for individuals it will be but I think far more importantly like I've no doubt that the club will remember him this week in their thoughts and the build up to it given he was such a stalwart of the club and so important for them yeah absolutely and I completely understand you know obviously with Dylan Quirk and, and Paul Sheffield you know they're huge tragedies and um, the reaction of the GA communities around them, look, albeit it's not going to, you know, completely re- replace what was lost, but it, I'm sure it's a comfort to the families in some way um, when you see the reaction. And I, I can understand what 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 players and, and club mentors and, and, you know, supporters would be saying that you don't want to constantly draw on that because it's nearly also unfair in the team, I think, in some ways that you feel that, you know, because it mightn't work out and you mightn't win, that in some way... You 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 have let Dylan Quirk or Paul Sheffin down by doing that. That you know that's never going to be the case. But it's always going to be a motivation for you because you know it's it, these these things are very tough. They're very tough situations to be in. But you know, you, of course, you draw on the spirit of that person. That that person when they were in the dressing room motivated the team. They've been part of so many victories, and you carry that with you into these matches. So it's understandable that you don't want to hang everything on it because you know, you want to go out and you want to win for that person, but you also don't want to make it feel like that it's a burden on the team that if, you know, it's going to hold you down or if you lose that in somehow, in some way, you didn't do it justice. So certainly Ballyhill, they absolutely will draw on it. Um, you know, they had an, another bereavement lately enough, Angela Sullivan, who would be Shauna Sullivan's wife, you know, she's a Dane's Fork girl, I would have known her. You know, that was another bereavement lately that again would pull the community together in in Ballyhale. And like I said, I was at Paul Shefflin's funeral and the, the sense of community they have is, is really remarkable. Um, and they really do, you know, in good times and bad times come together. So I've no doubt that on Sunday, you know, Paul Shefflin will be remembered, but Ballyhale will be going out to do a job and that's what Paul would have wanted. That's what the Shefflin family, I'm sure, would want. And win or lose, you know, Paul will be remembered. And, you know, if they do win, certainly that will be a big, I suppose, a big moment for them since the passing of Paul Shefflin that and, and, and dedicated to him. Yeah, no doubt. Paul Murphy, great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Enjoy the game. Cheers. Thanks very much, Sharon.